thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome pilots, you're tuned to the Guard Frequency, because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 233 of the best damn space sim podcast ever, recorded on Friday, October 12th, and made available for download Tuesday, October 16th, 2018, over at GuardFrequency.com. I'm Tony. I'm Jeff. And I'm Ken Shadow. And Tony is California streaming on such a winter's day. Right, Tony? Yes, I am. That's right. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak or Facebook.com forward slash GuardFreak. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at Feeds.GuardFrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything on Friday night, we know our audience. Then you should come join us at 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over at twitch.tv slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn Space Sim podcast ever? You can always subscribe to the show by visiting our website, clicking on the big Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all of our Patreons who support us week on week. We'll hope you consider joining them because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Well, okay. <laughs> it's too damn good already. Just head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping is done, so let's get on with the show. What have we got in store this week, Tony? In this week's Flight Deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from Star Citizen and nothing else. Literally, we're going to do that and then go straight to feedback. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. 3175, Port Bay, hands on approach. Checkers green, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. Everything else is on hold this week. It's wall-to-wall Star Citizen talk with our Citizen Con review, which starts now. So... This week, we had kind of a special thing happen. Uh, one of our, our resident our resident troll, our good friend First First Problems, felt felt moved, felt inspired, felt felt a deep and burning need to express himself this week, but he isn't able to make the show tonight. He wasn't able to actually uh, attend the recording session. So he wrote an extremely detailed analysis of, of, of his reaction uh, to CitizenCon and, and his current... State of mind, and I, uh, I, 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 it was, it was very well thought out and very thorough. I have taken it completely apart, as Shiv will no doubt tell you he's familiar with, and reap and put it back together again. And it's going to form sort of the basis for our discussion tonight. So the first thing he did uh, was he uh, has a little introductory 
uh, note that I'm going to read, and then we're going to go through and, and break it down uh, in pieces. So uh, he starts off. Uh, he starts off by saying, "I'm still a huge fan and proponent of encouraging CIG to succeed, but this isn't the game I was pitched in 2012." I was sold on a game that I could dogfight, mine, explore, basically do whatever I wanted to do, and it was their intention to deliver various avenues for those dreams. It took one year to be able to finally view the ships in our hangars, some of which are not viewable yet to this day. It then took them another 10 months to finally enable us to dogfight our way through waves of bots. Then one fateful day, a year and a half later, we could experience the mini persistent universe. We then had to wait a full year before we could test our FPS skills. The average computer in 2018 is not going to be able to run this game without serious problems and degradation of visuals. They ran their latest demo on RTX 2080 graphics cards. They've changed their engine, allegedly for the better. They've changed their flight model and reworked ships several times. I thought Chris Roberts had learned to stop being a perfectionist. See Tony's interview, Guard Frequency episode 26. The CEO who asked for a mere humble $500,000 has now promised something of such tremendous hype and scale that I doubt even he will be around when they finally release what was originally scheduled for the PU. As for the entry price I paid, or pledged, I have not enjoyed anything but the dreaming. But those dreams were squashed due to CIG's failure to launch an engaging product. Attached, you'll find an Excel file I compiled taking information directly from their public site and auditing what's what. I hope you find it as eye-opening as I did. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, P.S. Henry, Oculus Rift support was promised back at the $12 million stretch goal. Here's your VR. P.P.S. Jeff, I'm glad you finally got your Phoenix. May the download speeds be ever in your favor. Love you all. First, first problems. So uh, that was sort of the, the preface, uh, or it was the wrap-up to his uh, analysis. I put it at the beginning. Like I said, I tear stuff up like that. Uh, but that's that's where First First Problems comes from. And he then went on to, to add, so, to put to, to kind of a bullet point list uh, of, of discussion um, topics that I think we're going we're gonna to kind of go through a little bit at a time. First of all, uh, after that, uh, uh, w- w- from his you know personal narrative there, is he listed out some very positive things that he saw from Susan Cotton and liked. So we're going to go through that. And, and we've also sprinkled our own things in here. So the first thing that he saw that was a very positive thing was tremendous loyalty and energy from the community. And then uh, he goes on and says, amazing graphics. Uh, more on that later. And then Ben says the highest ambition I think we've ever witnessed in the video game industry for a single project slash IP. He says, you don't have to buy anything other than a starter ship to play more on that later. And that's what I've paid for. That's what I've got. I've got the Aurora. He then says, open dialogue with its community. A vast amount of potential things you can do. Awesome ship designs and thoughts. Rich and deep lore. A wide and expansive universe unlike anything seen to date. A star-studded cast for Squadron 42. Squadron 42 really showcased the variation in environments, ships, and characters. Ken Shadow's cosplay was amazing. I and second that. Straight. It was an intense orchestral score by Pedro Camacho. A talented and fun staff. So that was basically Ben's list, and I added a couple more that I saw. Yes, I saw some things I liked in Star Citizen. Don't anybody have a heart attack? The jump off the ramp out of the back of the ship was pretty awesome. Here's here's where I am after this. Like It's the whole intro, everything Ben had to say, and I agree with him on a lot of things that he had to say in chat even. You're right. I mean, I I feel optimistic. <clears throat> I, thought, I thought I felt really good after watching that first... Uh, that first day of broadcasting. It was only one day. No, yeah, yeah. Well, it was like two days ago, and then we've had follow-up videos. Uh, and I've been watching YouTube ever since. Um, everybody's been blogging and <laughs> vlogging and 
<clears throat> you know what I mean? Oh, real, real quick, before it gets addressed, and that you know, I'm I'm an egomaniac. I would like to make a shout out really quick for all the amazing other cosplayers out there. Uh, Director Gunner was the guy in the, the the super super heavy heavy marine armor that looked <laughs> that amazing. That was amazing. It's very big and very very heavy. I'm sure that thing weighed like seventy pounds or something. But uh, yeah, he was a trooper for that wearing that thing. And then Shap Cap was the other guy in the suit in the in the in the undersuit. The other person in the desert nomad armor that was on me in the bike in the pictures is Solar Mute. And um, we've all been talking on some discords. Uh, the guy in the Shion cosplay was uh, Cyberwolf. And uh, oh, am I missing somebody? Oh yeah, the person with the slaver helmet walking around. I don't know if he was on video or not. Is really cool. Uh, slaver helmet was Diabolus. So I just want to give a quick shout out for that that general cosplay community because that's something that uh, Star Citizen is kind of slowly building. But let's move on to the actual topics at hand here. Well, and one more point that Tony made was as a PR event and a showcase, it seemed like it worked. Yeah. And I, and again, like I said, I'll be the first one to tell you when they do things wrong. I'll, I'll also tell you when they do things right. This may not seem like high praise from me, but, but I truly mean this. They did not really shoot themselves in the foot this time. Yeah, they had some glitches and bugs and delays and Twitch stream problems and stuff like that. But as overall, there was I, I, the keynote between the keynote and the uh, 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 roadmap. There wasn't a terrible amount of foot shooting. It seemed like they aimed for a certain expectation and more or less hit it. Yeah, I think That's I think me. even the fumbles weren't too bad. Like the face over IP fumble no. was funny to me. That's one of the highlights. I get they're still working on that. Well, but I'm it was just talking funny. about yeah, little yeah, things. The, but. We'll, we'll get to we'll get to all those little things in the in the actual game in the presentation. But I, but I'm talking about as from from a, like a corporate management company type standpoint, this did not go poorly. No, I, I really I, I want to say that I, it, it, it did. I left well. feeling it optimistic. Did, it did what it was intended. To I stopped do. when it, when it was over. I felt really optimistic. It was cool. It was cool from start to finish. My my perspective on the thing was a totally different vantage point. But but from my vantage point as an attendee, it was the best that I've been to in the U.S. Anyway, and, and I caught bits and pieces of it throughout the day because I was at work when this kicked off, and so mm -hmm. I was kind of busy and trying to get yeah. uh, catch into it, but. From what I saw, there was a lot of depth in this one, uh, where in previous ones, I didn't feel there was a lot of depth. The, the, the previous ones, at least in terms of broadcast, they only really broadcast the keynote. And that, that was it, right? Or maybe they have like a back, well, I guess in the last one, they had a couple of like, uh, a couple of pre-run panels beforehand, you know? But again, right. those were pretty light in content. Um, I think the big change here in terms of what they were presenting was in past citizen cons, it has always been look, it always been done as a, a forward looking thing, right? Like here's what we're going to get to, right? And pretty much all the content at this citizen con, even the roadmap ahead stuff was here's where we are, right? Yeah, here's where we are now. Exactly. Yeah. And then here, or here's where we're going to, what, here's what you're going to see within the next three months, basically, you know, this is stuff that's running an engine right now. We may not have released it for whatever reason, but it's, it's, it is something we're about to ship. So that, that we'll talk. Well, we'll talk I mean, about there's, that. Some, <laughs> there's some caveats there, but well, yeah, we'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there. But, we'll but, get there. but, we'll but get most there. of the content, most <laughs> of the content was targeted in, in, in targeted in that range. Right. At least that was the pitch. That was the pitch. That was the pitch, and 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 I think, like I said, setting in the in the realm of setting expectations for what you're going to see, and then more or less hitting it. There are some last minute 
changes to the schedule and stuff like that for some of the in, inside panels or whatever. I did not watch any of the other stuff in the middle, right? I just did the keynote and, and, and watched the uh, uh, the roadmap. And I think I, we and we discussed this a few weeks ago too. That that's what ninety nine percent of backers are going to care about. Uh, the rest of the stuff is for the deep dive folks. And that would, and if that worked for them, that's that's great. But as far as the keynote and the uh, the recap that seemed to work out pretty well. Um, okay, so Ben then went on to kind of give a little sort of like recap of where we where we've been. Like like Ken Shadow was saying, you know, this is like you know where where are we now? And so he kind of gave some bullet points uh, of of where we're at and where and how we got here. So he kind of went through, and I've seen this in other places on the internet, but this is Ben's own analysis. The stretch goals from between 2012 and, and into 2013 a little bit. Uh, there were 107 stretch goals that were made and hit, and we cut them off at the $65 million mark. That was $130 million ago. Um, but those 107 goals, two of them have been canceled outright, and Ben identifies those as Wingman's Hangar and the monthly town hall video. 29 of them have been delivered, the ships and celebrity uh, performances and mocaps and things like that. 11 of them, he there's a case for them having been delivered, and there's a case for them not being completed or fully delivered as described. So there's kind of 11 of them that are sort of on the fence. Uh, he cites specific examples as the extended flight controller support or increased ship customization because those systems really aren't fully fledged out yet. So by his count, that's 61% uh, unfulfilled at this point. So we've we've made 39% progress into those stretch goals. Okay. Well, the canceled ones are obviously, I think, where they've been usurped, right? They're not canceled. They they get turned into something else, right? Are we going to argue about that? Well, we can. I mean, but uh, the the question is, does it really move the needle, right? I mean, if you want to move those two from canceled to completed because they've run their course and we're not doing them anymore. They just look like a That's fine. They look like a, they look like a back black mark. And I just wanted to address that before we before we go on to the rest well, of it. Well, I don't I don't see it that way. I think that uh, ATV and RTV are are the uh, accumulation of those early works. Sure. Uh, if if you think of Wingman's Hangar and the monthly town hall video as the early part of it, then then moving on yeah. to ATV and RTV are are the continuations or the or the yeah uh, that's a perfectly reasonable and defensible position to take. The uh, Ben's point I think is that Wingman's Hangar was the thing, and I, if those of us who've been here around long enough, Eric Peterson is his own force of nature, right? You know, well, yeah. he's he's his own. I mean, that was a special thing, yeah. and when he moved on, it's gone. I mean, so yeah, they have a successor thing, but it's not Wingman's Hangar anymore, and the town hall. Yeah, Chris is on ATV, and but it's Chris talks about what he wants to talk about. It's not a it's not a town hall. Type yeah, t- thing. so the, again, the, the town hall got turned into calling all devs, where they, they, people still is, submit questions and they get voted, but they get they get answered by the dev in charge of them rather than rather than Chris Roberts. But you see how it's not quite the same. So I mean, it's yeah, it's argu- arguable. I don't ar- argue it too much, but I think that's semantics yeah. rather than than practicality. Right. But overall, sure. I mean, even if you wanted I, to move I, those two into the done column. Then move the needle. And so, a lot of the ones that I'm gonna I'm gonna say that are undelivered and unfulfilled are content-based stretch goals. So a lot of them are for planets or systems and things like that. And we only in there, uh, I guess, primarily working on tech. I guess is the is the way to, way to to describe the current uh, goals that Star Citizen has. Right. 
Um, and the content is, is kind of ramping up in an exponential fashion, but it's not quite hit its stride yet. Sure. I mean, that again, that's that's arguable, but what the Ben is pointing is, is saying where we are today, October-ish 2018. Sure. This is where we are today. It may be ramping up. It may be in the process of speeding up, but we don't know that right at this very instant. We have to make more observations as time goes on. Well, okay. Well, let me let me let me point out what most of the presentations at CitizenCon were about. Most of them were not about um, necessarily the art that is in this patch. Most of them are about the tooling that they had to create to create the art. And 90% of the, the technology that they're developing and they're spending all their time on is about tooling to make the art faster. And so, like, I watched one on biomes, right? And they said over the last year, they have gone from being able to do extremely simple planets procedurally generated to extremely complex planets procedurally generated. These are all handcrafted, obviously. They, they generate them and then they tweak them and they regenerate them and so forth until they get what they want, right? But it's all about speeding up the process of generating these thousands of planets that they have to fill the universe with. And so that kind of goes back to what this tech is for. I mean, you have a point there, but I think something that's missed when he reads off all these goals and what's filled and what's not is you have to think about the timeline and it's been a long time. And the thing that I wonder is, did anybody expect us to be right here at this point when they put their money down? Did they say they didn't have? Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? And and I think that's where a lot of the like. I don't know, aggravation comes from. And I, I think I think it sucks that we are focusing on a few of these negatives because, like I said, I still feel really positive after the show. You know what I mean? So I, I hate just reading all these negatives. I feel bad about that. This is not negative or positive. This is just numbers. Sure. Okay. This is not, I, this is just numbers. This is just facts. This, you can think they're negative or positive. Ken Shadow has made a very excellent point. It said, you know, this is their content based. Of course, we don't have them yet because they're building up the systems to put them in there. Okay. But, the fact of the matter is, it's 2018, and this is where things yeah. are. It's not, th- these are just numbers, and again, there are there are shades of connotation and things you can argue about them underneath there. That's fine. This is a very high level review of where things are. This is this is just the facts. I, I, guess, I guess my point and what I'm trying to say is that when you say a certain stretch number of stretch goals are like a certain percentage of stretch goals are uncompleted, I don't think that is representative of how far we are in the game development. That's perfectly fine. But this fact of the matter is, is that when crowdfunding stretch goals closed at $65 million in 2013, 20, early 2014, whatever it was, these things were on the table as deliverables. They are not at, as of right now, they are not delivered. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. It, it's not, you can, sure. you can paint that however you want to. That's just a and fact. And that's exactly the point I'm making is the further we get from when this was, uh, when, when those, those features were laid out. The further we get from that, the the worse it feels that they're not yet complete. So it just keeps feeling worse and worse as the years drone on. And we're talking about years, you know. Uh, yeah, but I don't I don't see it like that. I, I look at the game back in 2013, and I look at the game now, and where we're at now, and I and I am not disappointed by 61% un, undelivered. I am not disappointed by that fact. I, you can react to it however you want to. Yeah, it's just a fact. Exactly. You know, it doesn't disappoint me. So I'm not, you know, hanging my head in shame for spending fifteen hundred dollars or eighteen hundred dollars on this game. I, I'm I'm loving where it's at, and I'm not I'm not phased by these un, by these facts. The next the next thing that Ben points out is that there are 131 ships currently 
on offer ish, you know, the 131 ships announced. And that counts ships and, and any other rideable type things like bikes and rovers. Uh, 69 are flight ready, four are ready, presumably coming soon, TM. Um, so that means that about half, a little more than half, are out. And there's still, uh, he, he puts the number at 47% are not yet uh, in the game. Uh, not either, you know, hangar ready, flight ready, whatever you want to call it. So there's there's half the backlog there. And again, that goes back to the content thing. But just the raw statistical number is people have paid for 131 vehicles and just over half of them have been implemented at this point. Again, this is this is just a fact that Ben points out. We can react to it however we want to. I imagine that our same arguments would be advanced as they were for the stretch goal things. Yeah. If anyone has a new take on it, that's fine. But if not, we well, can just remember that on. that the whole goal was to get Squadron Forty Two out, and these and that on that other half of that is to get is they're not assets in Squadron Forty Two. Sure, but the fact is is that half the ships were sold, half the ships that have been sold are not yet out. That's just that's just a fact. Yeah. Well, and that's we, an art, and, and that's something that is, to, but that's that just is an artifact of the way that they deal with their funding model. It's not a ma- it's not a matter of promises versus delivery. It's their funding model where they they fund the front end of a sh- of a ship's developed concept and then put it in the pipeline, right? And 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 then then they have well, you you can argue about how they prioritize their pipeline. You know, it's 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 vague and annoying, but. Um, that the fact that half of them are not are, are not finished is is not surprising. This is something I'm going to move on. This is something I tagged on to the end of Ben's analysis because I just was I scratched my head at this and was like, well, what about me? What are you selfish, Tony? What about me? I bought in at a rear admiral package. I got the constellation. Uh, so there were 16 items that were that I pledged for in that in that transaction. One of them uh, was the Connie, and that's in the game. There on, there's only one other item on that list that I can definitely say that I got, and that's Alpha Access. Everything else is either I ain't got it yet, or I, I kind of got it. Well, it's arguable. You got right. your hanger. But what happens to the hanger? I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it because this is just... But just the I, fact is, mm. I got two things for sure, and the other 14 are ish. Well, or the no. vast majority of those are physical items. Yeah, I ain't got those. <laughs> The hanger question was one of the questions I brought up at the end of the document. So, yeah, we'll we'll talk about the hanger in yeah. a little while. But but I mean, but like I said, and just just in raw numbers, right? Two of them I got. Yeah. Fourteen are either nobody mm, nobody or, cares no. about your physical items, Tony. I know that. <laughs> I'm aware of that. But I'm just wondering. This is just a selfish point of view. I, to, I have three me. physical packages. I care about them. I am. I'm saying any nobody else besides the people that back the Kickstarter could buy those at all. Most most citizens don't give a rat's ass about you didn't get your spaceship USB drive at this point. I feel very sorry for these people who came so late to the game that you can't have a three-inch constellation model of your very own. I'm sorry, but I still don't have mine. And there are other things, too, uh, on there. But, but again, I don't want to get into the details. It's just just raw numbers. That's where we're at. So that that's that's where Ben started from, okay? And that's, that's where his viewpoint was when he came to this. Whether it's popular or whether it's right or whether it can be argued that's but this is this is this is first first problems professional troll that's why we brought him on but he had but he's gone through this in a very rigorous and and to my mind a rigorous and analytical way so that's where he's at that's where he starts from but then but now we need to talk about the actual citizen con which is as ken shadow said much more focused on here's 
where we are. That's what they were wanting to do. And here's where we're going in the near term. So let's talk about Citizen God. Let's talk to the guy who was there. All right. Let's talk to Brian. Excellent. Brian. Brian, what happened? What was going on? Uh, this this Citizen Con is much more like a con than pretty much anything else that I've been to uh, with Star Citizen. Again, the caveat that it was not at Frankfurt and I was not at uh, Manchester for those Citizen Cons, but I was at all the other ones. Uh, most, and, and from what I understand, Manchester had elements of this, um, but this one was definitely more con-like. You know, they had the two tracks that they were going to, two, two rooms simultaneously. There were flubs there. Some definite criticisms in the firm that the second room only held like 150 people. And oh, so ouch. like Tony, apparently Tony Zurovic's talk, everybody that went to Tony Zurovic's talk went to the talk before it and they didn't kick them out. So 300 people oh. were standing in the hallway waiting to get into that, 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 uh, into that room and nobody got in. It was just some, some, oh, some sad faces. That sucks, man. Yeah, I want to detour that just for a second. Tony Zurovec, for those who aren't in the know, is he's the kind of the PU designer. Yes. He's the PU lead, yes. basically. He's in charge of systems design and concepting for all the stuff that we're going to live in the universe of. They put him in the little room? I think it was at his request. Tony's kind of a... Um, um, introvert? Yeah, he's a little introverted. And when he goes to Bar Citizens, he usually sneaks off to a dark corner so only like one or two fans can approach him at a time. And so my, my, and, and I didn't get to watch the talk cause I was flying or I was actually doing my mocap stuff at the time, but, uh, he, he did part of the session as a Q and a, so I think he wanted a more intimate setting. And so I think he probably requested it, but still that's the one everybody wanted to watch. You know, if you ask, if you ask like oh, half yeah. the people there, Oh, which talk are you most excited about? It'd be the Tony Z talk for all, you know, most people. Did they, do you know if they recorded it? Yeah. Everything's, everything's yeah, recorded. They'll, they'll be out. It will be posted on YouTube next week. You can go watch it on Twitch. A variety of, of streamers posted it or have it in their, their video logs. If you want to go to relay or, um, or torque 17 or something like that. But anyway, so that, that's one quibble. Um, on the positive notes, um, like the the branding they had there, it seems like a weird thing to to point out, but literally everything was branded. The elevators were wrapped with these awesome Kraken logos. You walk into like the the primary hall, they have these like banners and stuff. It looked like a first order Imperial rally that we were all supposed to salute to. It was it had had banners that big that were all red and stuff like that. The um, the, they had like a Drake bar lounge area that was banner that was that was that was branded all of all of the um, the areas. So they had a they had booths for each of the ship manufacturers or most of them anyway. They had an Aegis and an Anvil. They had a UEE recruiting booth. They had a uh, consolidated Outland booth. They had a, and then the, the Drake. They had a Drake. Uh, it's like a, not a not a Drake booth, but like a Drake area, right? And in each of these, they had uh, specially dressed actors. Um, that were, you know, given lines and um, given um, characters to play. And uh, you could go up there and engage them and talk to them, and they would give you brochures and little tchotchkes like you were at a trade show. Like, Drake had little fans, and they had pins, and huh. uh, Aegis had squeezy balls that's and awesome. stuff like that. Oh, so that's where all my physical items are. Yeah. I should have gone to the con. Exactly. They you have could have got USB a squeezy spaceships? ball or a fidget spinner. And um, and at one point we were told that there was so there was a um, what was it a, a like a scavenger hunt and so you go go to each of the booths and you, you had to get you had to convince them to give you a business card and each of the ones in order to get a business card from them you had to either answer a trivia question or do something that um, 
I'll give you an example, like consolidated outline, you had to post a picture of social media of you making the, you know, the, the triangle symbol with your hands like he does in the commercial, right? And, or for uh, Aegis, like she was like, you know, I'm really hungry, but I don't know what's at the Benny's menu. Can you go take a picture of the Benny's menu for me and bring it back? And when you were at the Drake booth, they were like, uh, yeah, but we need something for you. We want you to go downstairs and take a picture of the schematic of the hammerhead and bring it back. And they were all like doing it like shady, you know, and like, like, like giving you the business card under the table kind of a thing. It was, it was really cool. And, uh, the, the Drake area had like a humongous, like, I don't know, like 15, 10, 15 foot long, uh, model of the, um, of the Kraken with all these like model cutlasses and, and dragonflies on it. And as you guys are obviously saw, they had a, a three quarter scale dragonfly in the courtyard. They had a big Benny's truck that was branded, um, that was selling boxes of, uh, uh, you know, the big Benny's boxes they were selling noodles in and stuff like that. Just like, like the, like, like multiple people would walk by and, you know, they, they'd, they'd do the, uh, Jurassic Park spare no expense, you know, <laughs> or, you know, thing as they would walk around the con. Um, it's very cool con in terms of like, 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 like Star Citizen wet dream fanboy thing. Um, it, it was, it was bar none. It was really well done. Well done. So the people that went had a good time. I, I think they all had a good time. I mean, some, some, some other minor quibbles, I guess. The, the actual thing for the, um, the scavenger hunt, the end, the end result of the scavenger hunt was a little anticlimactic. If you did the scavenger hunt, you got a stamp on your badge. And then at the party, they put you in like a pit and they did like this really coarse thing where they did a, a uh, uh, questions and they made like whoever thought answer A would go to one side of the pit and ever answer what, what, what B, they go to the spit. And they eliminated people that way. And it felt like. You know, I spent like an hour or two hour, an hour and a half, you know, not going to not going to talks in order to do this scavenger hunt to get eliminated on some sort of trivial question, like in a pit. I felt that was a little annoying. They wish they would they had like a consolation prize. I did find out later from volunteers there was supposed to be a consolation prize. Everyone was supposed to get a physical golden ticket thing when to get into the pit, and uh, apparently they the volunteers or whoever was supposed to be handing those out like flubbed, and so we didn't get our tchotchke you know, our consolation prize for, for being that. There's a lot of, a lot of that actually happened. They relied heavily, heavily on volunteers and the volunteers like went like 150%. Like I met so many of them that were just dead bone exhausted for working days on end, like loading stuff and doing physical tasks, being up at 4am. And, you know, if they're going to do a high end thing like that, they really need to pay more people or get more volunteers because that was, I, I felt like they were, they had drained some reserves there of the people that they were, they were, they were tapping for that stuff. Um, but I will applaud those volunteers and I will applaud the, the paid employees that probably stretched themselves pretty thin too, because they put on an excellent event. So it, there were volunteers that were like doing loading and unloading and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Oh, they had, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Wow. It, it, it just, it, <laughs> loading and wrapping. They had, they had them like the gang, like, like teamsters, like wrapping pallets and yeah, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Well, you say, you say teamsters there. And it just seems to me that a lot of venues will not let you do that because of liability issues. And Te Texas, Texas law is union. different. Like there's all sorts of like nuances here, but it was not a, not an issue. Okay. Amontillado was there as well, and he made a good point. The big Benny's noodles were so yum, so wow. And I, I can agree, they were. 
so yum, so wow, much noodle. Much noodle. Yeah. So are good. we gonna get much to these uh, bullet points on these citizens? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do this. So, but we wanted that we wanted the uh, we, we wanted the, the 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 take from the from the man on the scene. All right. So oh, the mocap mocap thing was awesome, by the way. I'll post a video or something with that later. But the whole setup was really cool. And the lady that there, I didn't even realize it at the time, but the lady I was directing was apparently the voice of Anvil, and she'd also been like in. A bunch of other things and was super famous and i totally didn't get her autograph uh, so i feel uh, bad what was oh, it it was it jillian anderson <laughs> i would have recognized jillian anderson no her, uh, name was, her name was elizabeth something and she's apparently very famous okay all right all right, all right jeff take it away Okay, Citizen Con. Uh, uh, ben writes, uh, compared to 2017, they were scripted identically. They involved you meeting a creepy old guy in a bar. During all this, there was a typical look at the scale and showboating. They involved you fetching something while participating in a couple of firefights. This, this is this is the analysis of the uh, of the gameplay demo. We're moving on to the, the actual right. the actual show off of the game. Okay, so so before I do my note, I want to point out that the, that the creepy old guy in the previous cons demo wasn't old. I think he was like supposed to be our age. So I feel a little weird. I don't know about you, but I'm old. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, I know what I'm, I'm, I'm going to say middle age. What, what do you mean age? old? You guys, he you is. guys aren't old at all. I'm old. Well, yeah. Okay, Jeff's old. Yeah, now Jeff's yeah, the new guy is Jeff's age. Um, <laughs> so, but, but the, the, the point that I, the, the other note that I wrote here is the difference between the 2016 and 17, um, demos is they were aspirational demos. Like they were, they were demos that were kind of hacked together for the con. They were like, Hey, this is where we're going. Um, but the 2018 demo is, it's an actual mission in the game, right? You know, something that they've already put together and something that they're, they're doing right now. So it's 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 a different scope than the previous ones. Uh, I look at this and the overall mission um, was terrible. I mean, uh, you know, it was it was executed decently, right? You know, we only had the crash at the beginning when they were looking at the coffee cup. But the, after that, the, the, the game ran fine. The problem is that you took forever to fly out there. And then if you die, you go back to where you were and, oh, you left your ship there. So how the hell do you get back to where you're going to complete the mission? And then once you got the mission, your ship blew up. And then you, uh, once you had to call in some friends who were luckily on standby because they had you know set that up because they were the 15 minute wait at the beginning of the demonstration was for getting everybody logged into the game. So we had friends on standby because they knew that the ship was going to get blown up. So that guy swooped in 30 seconds later. Then it took three people at least to actually complete the mission because the thing you're going to go fetch wasn't there. It was someplace else, but your ship blew up. So it was a good thing you had friends to come. And then once you got went through, uh, you murdered a bunch of people, found the thing you're trying to get. Chris Roberts said, you know, we should have you murder more people on the way back out too. So it make it longer and take and uh, make it harder and take longer. Then you got it. Then you had to go back to the city in your friend's borrowed ship. And then you had to drop it off in a, a conveyor belt. And then you got 4,000 credits for it. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm with Tony on this uh, one. Uh, uh, I, 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 I have a huge concern over the scope uh, when the, when this game goes live over the scope of the missions. You know, we're all going to be starting out and looking for things to do, and wondering if the rewards are going to be worth the risk, and you know if anybody's going to do anything. Uh, because of it, um, I, I think the reward payouts for pretty much all missions, including the ones that are in game, are primarily placeholders at this point. Right. Well, now we'll talk about the economics here in a, la- in a little bit later. I'm talking about the design of the actual mission, right? Like the like the the, the flow, the flow of it, right? This the 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 expectation is you're going to take a mission someplace, 
spend a lot of time getting to it, end up murdering yourself maybe. And then the, the, the consequence of that is that how do you get back and you're going to spend more time going back to there. They were able to do a cheat code and just jump right back. Thank God, because we weren't going to sit through another 12 minutes of flying to the thing. If you could even get back because you have another ship available, I don't know. So, and then, and then, and then there's a, and then you, you get interrupted because your ship gets blown up, which means you can't go to the next part where the thing actually is. The design of the mission itself was atrocious. It was terrible. It, I, you know, my, my only experience is writing things for the Foundry and Star Trek Online. I would have been review bombed to hell for designing something like that, and it, they were they would not have been kind to me. They would not have been kind to me. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't really argue with you. I mean, it it, it had issues, obviously. Um, how they fix them and what they do for that, I don't know. This is obviously a showpiece to for to a degree. How how many of the missions look like this versus other types, I don't know. Right. Well, I think I think we're gonna have to try and play this to see if it really has problems or whether that was all in presentation. If this is representative of where it's going, that frightens me. I think a lot of the mission design that they do is like immersion first, you know, fun second. Right. It's all about oh, time out. What did you just say? I think that mission design was immersion first, right? And then it's fun second. Fun second in a game. I, yeah. That's the design choice. Okay, okay, okay. Let me let me bring this up. I'm sorry, you know, because this, okay. this will be brought this will be brought up before. And I want I want to point this out. The, the whole thing is to make you feel like you're in this universe. Yes, which has has some monotony. That's the reason you're waiting those fucking trains for five minutes. It's not to have fun on the oh, train. Yeah, it's to train. immerse you, right? Yeah. <laughs> I agree entirely. Travel time is important for immersion, man. You, you're, you, you don't want to just click and be where you're going. I get that, but we'll, we'll we, we get to the trains in a little bit. But yes, that's a good point. Put a pin in it because we're coming back. We're coming back. The, the next, uh, uh, Brian, wants you read uh, Ben's next point? And, and you this pains me to it. read because of my comment later, but let, I'll go ahead and do it. <clears throat> ben yeah. says, literally nothing gameplay-wise is new, new as seen. If anything, 2018 is a step backward in most respects, as they were clearly playing on a planet not connected to anything else. In 2017, at least went into orbit twice and back to the ground. And so my my comment here is that all they showed was play was comment was play gameplay. This comment makes no sense. And I'll, I will also point out that this this planet is one of the ones that's coming into the patch. It's it's not like some sort of phantom planet. It's it's one you'll be able to land on and stuff. I don't I don't get this at all. And, and I and I disagreed as well um, uh, because they they showcased a new flight model and this is it was all in game. Yeah, yeah, they did. They were they had that live to play. I didn't get to play it because the line was so long. But um, a lot of the people I did talk to liked the new flight model. Yeah, I do. I was trying to understand what he was talking about here. Did he mean he wanted to see more of like the broader scope, more persistent universe stuff, or how you know planets are more connected or travel between them or something? But why? I think he, I think they he were misunderstood. more focused I, on on showing us how things are right here on this in-game asset now, and that looked awesome to me. I thought it was great. I yeah, thought it looked really as, cool. Um, Amontillado points out that they showed us an explorable city in the game, or it's about to come in the game, that's the size of Austin, yeah. the city the city that the conference was in. Right? I'd have rather so. seen that than watch them go to orbit and back two more times. I've already seen that. Yes. Two points here. Two points here. Number one, number one, explorable city. How much of it did we actually see? How much of it is accessible? I don't know. From that demo, I still don't know. I, saw, I, I, I rode the train a couple times with them, but I don't know how much of outside the trains and those particular 
points, you know, near the station is actually accessible. I just, I don't know that don't from the wanna, You don't want to walk all that distance anyway. That's not the point. I understand, but the, but it's, is it really a 24 square kilometer explorable city or is it an area that we have built up? And that, and that's one place you can go. Then you get on a train, you go to another area that's been built up. It's the latter, and then there's obviously, 20- right? I mean, it, 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 but that, but that's that is back to your point. You know, you fun comes in there at some point. <laughs> yeah, we got to have fun somewhere. It's like, yeah, right. you can't, you can't, so, you this, can't, you can't have him walking for two hours, right. right? And the second point is, is that what we saw was a level, right? It's not, it's not connected to anything at this point. I think that was what Ben was saying. Is that mm-hmm. what we've had? What we saw last year was the ability to transition between environments, the big seamless universe. This year, what we saw was a level. They they took off from a landing pad, flew over terrain, landed on the terrain, picked up someplace, dropped in new terrain, picked up someplace, went back to the city. So we, we stayed in on that level, that environment, the entire time. We didn't go anywhere. was the same planet. I don't know about the right, level. But we didn't. Well, but what I'm saying is that that, that environment's not connected to Well, anything. you don't really know that. At they just didn't go there. I mean, they just... Yeah, what do you yeah. mean by it's, it's on the same planet? Okay, so that's the trick behind Star Citizen. There's It's it's all one thing. Like, that level is the same level that Alasar is on, right? It's all right. one thing. In theory, at this point, I did not see that demonstrated in well, how the did you, what How did you want to see it demonstrated? I mean, that, I that, 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 that demonstration was, is pointless because they've already demonstrated that with Levski. What, what, what do you want them to demonstrate? You want them to jump off the planet and go to Olasar? I mean, it's like a 30-second thing. Well, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. No, I, no, that's what I wanted to see. I, like, here's this, here's this environment. Trains, terrain, whatever, one-sixth planet scale, all this stuff. Now, you know what? Uh, I got a new mission. I got I, I got to run up to I got to run up to the space station real quick. Boom, up there, down, back down. I think it's a mi- you know, I, I think that's a minor point. I think it's a major one. We saw them do that before though. I mean, we didn't see it this year in this particular environment, but we've seen them make that transition. They were focusing on new content. What what, yeah, what, what I, that have served? I think that's just out of the scope of what they were showing, Tony, and that's what I was saying in, with my uh, comment before. My, my you know, again, we're trying to see we're, we're seeing progress, right? The, and this is but I think I think Ben's point and my point is, and what he's trying to say here is that this almost seems like a step backward from a certain perspective because last year we were able to move between environments, orbital to planet surface, back and forth. This year we stayed on the planet surface. We didn't go back and forth. Because it it's, it's a moot point. If you've already seen it, why show it again? They're showing off new stuff this time. The problem is the OCS integration. Which we know That's is un- in- ongoing. You're, you, want, you want them to show OCS working with this new planet before it's, it's launched. Sourcing. Yes. So I can't see that, right? So it, what I'm saying is that this is not it, what that, and that's what Ben's point is: is that they might have they, they might have very well had OCS turned off for this. We don't know, and I, I don't, don't think it matters because the whole point is that this will be in by the end of the quarter. So who cares? Ben's point is that he cares. He, he, he cares about that he doesn't trust them to be out in the next couple of months. I get it. We shouldn't be we'll, flipping we'll about his uh, lack of confidence in that because it's been a while and he's got a point. Oh, it's not just him. Yeah, it's not just Ben. So I mean, everybody kind of feels that way. I, we're, I'm even. Who's got two thumbs and agrees with Ben? You, know, you, you have a you have a lack of confidence that what they showed us will be in the game. Is that what you're saying? In in, in the timeline as advertised, yes. That, that is my point. I, I'll be happy to be proven and wrong. And that point taken, there's wrong. nothing I can say to convince you because it's, it's just a subjective argument. Actually, it doesn't matter because we'll know in a couple of months. Exactly. And we should make like and audio notes and we should like check it. Jeff, 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 prepare your ignorant slut. Tony, you're ignorant slut. This is why I, I keep silent. It. Don't deliver here's, it. Here's the no, thing. I, it would be awesome if Tony is wrong. So let's just hope, right? The, fingers know. crossed, right? Fingers crossed. All right, uh, move, move, let's go. 
Two new ships announced out of the blue. One is in-game and flight-ready. A dropship. We already have dropships. And so my, my note on this is the Kraken isn't new or out of the blue. The concept and name were discussed a year ago, and released and release was hinted for at least a month or so. And I was aware of this as well, so... The, the, the new dropship is new. Uh, the previous dropship was the Redeemer, which is kind of half in game, um, sort of. And uh, it is that, that I, and I, I, I will note the criticism there. And I, I probably have some more comments there, but go ahead. Is that a criticism no, no, that two no. new ships are out? I thought that was cool. I mean, the more that comes out, the better. I think his point is the whole prioritization of the ship pipeline, which was the earlier comment. People argue about like why did they why did they make a new dropship with another dropship already exists, and why didn't they just use that dropship and finish it up rather than making a totally new one? Which is, I believe, is probably a valid comment. Especially given they had an entire hullabaloo rigmarole, gigantic production to get that ship. The Redeemer was yeah. the next great starship. So my, my, I think my thought is here. Okay, so the if you look at that ship. It is kind of a, it's a it's a reused asset ship to a degree. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the pieces of the Terrapin were basically scaled up and rejiggered, and they pulled seats out of uh, one of the other ships. I mean, it was all reused Aegis assets, and then they 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 basically just slapped them together into a new ship. I have a feeling that the guys and put a Drake label on it. Yeah, and it's not Drake. It's uh, it's the Drake, isn't it? Kraken? No, 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 not Kraken. I'm talking about the Valkyrie. Not Valkyrie. Uh, oh, the do- dropship. Valkyrie. Okay. The, the Redeemer. Kraken's a different discussion, and I'll, uh, we can talk about that. Okay. So, okay. Let, let, so keep going with the Valkyrie, though, because you're on. A, you had, I'm sorry. You had a head of steam. You had a head of steam on the Valkyrie. Anyway. Yeah. And so the, the, it's reused asset. I think that the big point is that um, the same person, the same people that did those other reworks for the um, God, what's the long haul um, fighter? Vanguard. Vanguard. Yes, the Vanguard. Yes, the Vanguard. They they also made a dropship version of the Vanguard as well. The, the same the same studio and they pulled the seats out of that stuck them in basically a scaled up terrapin and and called it a new ship and the reason I think they did that is because they don't like the site they don't look like, like the like the uh, the look of the redeemer and they're the ones doing squadron 42 they needed a drop ship and they didn't feel like redoing a whole new asset pack for the redeemer and they rather just scale up a bunch of crap they already had them and slap a new ship together for doing what they needed to do in squadron 42. That's why that ship exists. I don't necessarily agree with it. I feel it's kind of cheap for Redeemer owners, but, um, you know, it is what it is. As an Elite Dangerous player, it's nice to see that the Aegis Keelback has made a, an appearance. <laughs> it's, it's a, it, is yes, a, it is evocative, yes. I, I, it is evocative. Of, it's like the Keelback and a Chieftain had a bibby, and uh, this it, it turned out to be turned out to be the Valkyrie. Uh, but it, 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 it's... it's it, I think, and, I, and I'm, I'm putting myself some words maybe into Ben's mouth, but I think, uh, like you said earlier, it's, it's part about the sh- it's part of the ship prioritization um, issue, and I think that it's also they had an established rhythm for how they're doing this stuff, and then they pop this in here, and it's it's you know if you have a model, if you have a funding method, if you. And for good or for bad, whether you, whether you think it's a good idea or not, this is the rhythm you're into now. And now we have a new rhythm. Now we're going to drop this right in here. In addition to the problems, the other you know, the, we have more drop ships, and the Redeemer people are, are kind of out in the wind now. And the and uh, you know, there's all there's a bunch of other ships that have been sold for years, and they're not even hangar ready. Yeah, well, it's no, just kind it's, of it's, 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 another, it's a straw that broke camel's back kind of a thing. It's like because Foundry Forty Two kind of operates outside of the loop. It sounds like right, and they've done this before. That's where. 
where the uh, the saber came from, you know, and and that's where a lot of the the, the say, I said earlier the Vanguard variants and stuff like that. It's like squadron somebody on the on the Squadron Forty Two Foundry Forty Two side said, you know what, we need a ship for this. I don't want to use the one that already exists. I'm going to make a new one. And then they make an executive decision. They just do it. And then we find out about it a couple months later when they've slapped it in game and starting to sell it. And, and I don't know. It's like one side of the house isn't talking to the other side of the house, which I do find annoying. I also find that the, the Valkyrie pricing model a bit weird, too, because it's like way more than any other ship its size. And so uh, 300 to $800 is a little bit of a range there. Is it that? Is it that? It was, I, I, that's. I think it was. I think the base is three thirty, and then you get the war bond pack or something. Oh, that's multiple ships, though. But three thirty is is quite a bit for something that's basically the size of a constellation, right? It should be in the two hundred range. Oh, we'll get to the we'll get to the pricing stuff here in a minute oh, too. Okay. Well, yeah. Hold, hold, hold that thought. But cr- the Kraken, <laughs> the Kraken is like I, I will ec- I will echo Jeff's earlier comment, and that thing is awesome. I'm never gonna I'm never gonna disagree with that because I was one of the people that was gunning for the Kraken back when it was being voted on months and months ago, saying we really should have the really cool like Drake competitor capital ship because that would look neat. And by God, it does look. It looks like a cross between um, Captain Harlock's. Uh, Base battleship oh, and a Captain Harlock. It's like Captain Harlock <laughs> and an oil derrick had a baby. So yeah, <sighs> that thing is that thing is sweet, man. Uh, totally uh, sweet. Regard regardless of, regardless of that, it's an asset that's in the game. Well, it's at least in the demo. Maybe it's not. Uh, they're going to concept sale it, I think, later this month or something like There's that. There's a contest going so, on for our live listeners. It, it closes on the fifteenth. So go in on the page and enter you, what you would do with, with the Kraken if you had one. Um, they, they haven't actually formally declared it as a contest, but I'm pretty sure it's a contest. It'll be Guard Frequency's hospital ship. Hell no. <laughs> the, anything that's evocative of the Captain Harlock ship, no way. No, that's ugly. It's going to be for our non-consensual Feet-o. cargo reclamation division. There you go. Non-consensual <laughs> cargo reclamation unit. There you go. That's that's right. Kinshadow's hot tub ship. Hey, I don't know about it, okay? Yeah, I gotta, yeah. I gotta, it's, it's not. I got not, a corporation it, to run. I ain't. I don't know about it. <laughs> yeah, non-official cover. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, so the next uh, next thing you brought up was the uh, Ben termed it the lack termed it the lack of life, and he said, "Notice that the CitizenCon 2017 and 2018 videos have no life outside the hubs. Why do they have these large planets with literally nothing else on them? How is that fun to explore?" And then he says. Trigger warning for Jeff. At least No Man's Sky has random wildlife in ruins and relics. My note here is that they did show animal life in both the 2016 and 2017 sitcom demos. Um, it has even been prototyped, uh, you know, additional animals on RTV. It is a feature coming, but at least in my mind, it is not of high importance. Those environments don't even compare, really. The environments in No Man's Sky are all random and pretty empty. And the things that you do find, it's like a little room here or there. You've got full-on cities in Star Citizen. Uh, okay, so let so, Big difference. so let me let me compare this to one of your guys' favorite games, ED. Where's the planet life? Where's the planet life on the, yeah. uh, on Elite? You, you know, it's on the uh, funguses. If, if you're going to complain about, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of life on the atmospheric worlds. Our vessels are not equipped to visit them at the time. Uh-huh. They just won't yeah. handle the stresses yeah. of an atmospheric right. entry. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure it's right, union okay. rules, Henry. I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> um, But there is, uh, there is life there. Yeah. Well, it, my, 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 my response to Ken Shadow's point is then, so, so where did it go? I mean, if this is stuff kind of similar to what I, we were saying earlier, or what Ben was saying earlier about 
well, last year we could go up to orbit and come back. And in previous things, they had this stuff in. Why isn't it in this it's one? It's part of the advanced biomes features. And that's just, it's further down the roadmap. So that's actually something, one of the, the one talk I actually get to well, send we, to the we whole just thing passed of it. it. Huh? We just passed it on the roadmap. They, they had it in previous things where to go. Yes, but OCS changed some of that. And so... No, I don't uh, know if OCS has anything to do. No, I mean, this is part of the I, biomes and, 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 and things like that. It, it's, it's all part of like plant life and stuff. This is all stuff that's still coming. And maybe it's in there. We just didn't see it as part of the demo because, you know, of the area. Maybe all that fire firefighting just scared the damn critters off. <laughs> they did. They, okay. you know, when they did show off the same planet last year, they did show off some floating alien things. I, I don't know whether what, what the schedule is to get those specific floating aliens. In. And, 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 and taking off this, taking off of Ben's comment here, though, is that we, we need to talk about the trains. About and this is this is kind of I'm, I'm this is a little bit of a branch off, but it's the no life outside the environments, or whatever. The 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 way that they have it set up, it's supposed to be a bustling environment, whether it's kangaroos hopping around the savanna out there or whatever, or inside the city where it's supposed to be a real place. And we started on this a little bit, and I, I tell told everybody to hold off, but the immersion versus the fun. And I think Ben's saying kangaroos hopping around would be fun. Where are they at? And then the, for me, the train thing is another dimension of that. Waiting for trains and trying to get onto a train with a bunch of other passengers and things like that. Immersion versus fun. Eh, I wonder about that calculation. Let's talk about trains, guys. Well, okay. Trains. Well, let's talk about. There's two different things here. Would you rather? Sorry. What? 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 In what category are you putting the people trying to get on the train? Well, there's a couple different problems here. Number one, it, the AI still needs work, but that's just a thing, right? It's just they're going to refine that and make it and, and make it make it go. It, it isn't it, the, the demo wasn't great with, to show that stuff off, but I understand that's a work in progress. But the the, the system is going to be set up where you have to hit these transit points in a certain amount of time in a certain window to catch the train to get to where you want to go to do gameplay things. Yep. Me as a griefer. I get me and three of my friends. I just stand in front of the damn door. It's multiple tours. It's a fucking train. Okay, I get eight friends, and I stand in front of. Well, all that sounds like a horrible day for your friends, but um, it does yeah, not if I'm a griefer. Especially since you're in UEE space, and uh, if you break the law, you're gonna get you're gonna get it. Oh, so now we're gonna design a police force that makes you move along, citizen. They're gonna the, the AI is gonna come from its from its standing post that they got posted all over the place and physically remove you from standing in front of the door. So how long is that trigger? Is it a thirty second wait? Is it a ten second wait? Does it trigger if you go for more than one cycle in front of the doors opening and closing? My question is that I understand the point is immersion versus fun, and maybe some people come down differently on that question than I do. But it seems to me at the cost of immersion, you're just buying yourself more trouble. Well, okay, so part of that. Part of that's a mini game, you know, like figuring out the map, figuring which train to go on, timing your trains. That is a mini game to a degree to get across the planet. That is a terrible mini game. Hey, it's a mini game millions of people play every day. And uh, <laughs> that's why it's terrible. Who wants to play that when you're in a game? You're visiting a city in space. Home. You're navigating uh, yeah, exactly. streets, uh, streets. You're exploring. Like, I, I think it's cool. Yeah, uh, I think it's cool too. I think you're losing the point of what Star Citizen is. It's a it's a persistent universe where you're supposed to. I, I mean, we talked about this in episode five. I, I, the idea is that that it's it's a realization that you're living 
500 years in the future or 800 years in the future, whatever. I, I expect some of this. I, I expect that 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 that's why I either they either they do it all the way, or and which is what I brought up in my in my uh, final comment down at the bottom of the list about corporate uh, about corporations. Either you're going to go in all the way and make it a living, breathing universe with with small businesses and corporations and you know you got taxes and assets and or yeah yawn but no 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 you're good uh, man i'm sorry or or you don't or you don't and you don't make it immersive but so, but it in for a penny in for a pound I, and I think this is again the, the great thing about our show is that none of these questions have solid answers. Just people who have, who think one way or the other. Immersion versus fun. I called time out on it because I clearly value one thing over the other, and other people can just as validly value the other way. So it's it's just a decision that we're going to see how it pans out. But I, in my opinion, it maybe opened some cans of worms that didn't need to be opened. We'll see how that we'll see how that kind of goes. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. Take the next one there. Okay, uh, earning rate, Ben writes in and says that CitizenCon 2017 had a 35-minute mission that uh, netted 3,000 UEC. CitizenCon 2018 had a 1-hour and 14-minute mission netting 4,000 UEC. And they lost the original ship. He flew home on his friend's Valkyrie. I understand he wasn't running between places and spent extra time showcasing the scale of the environments, but replaced these things with us running unscripted, mind you, throughout the map, planet, or system, trying to attempt whatever the heck we need to do. 60 hours equals constellation. So the scale, uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier, it just seems like the scale of the mission and the the expectations of what you had to do versus the reward that you got for it is a little out of whack. You You lost a ship, you died in the middle of it, and you got four grand. That seems like even as a first past alpha sort of thing, many contingencies added into the mission that could, you know, uh, extend it or change the dynamics or up the risk or up the danger came in without any warning to the player when he accepted the mission at the first in the first instance. So it, it seems to me that even as a demo, that that risk reward analysis was not well done. And that's a probably a valid criticism. I think I think these are placeholder numbers in both the ship prices and the and the reward for the missions, and that will all get tuned as we go on. Yeah, I, I, I do too because uh, you know I logged into my account. I had a hundred one hundred eighty seven thousand UEE to, to spend. I, I know I haven't earned that much in uh, in uh, PTU. Yeah, let's so, talk about that. Let's talk about that, Jeff, because that that's this is this is this is the point. You have one hundred eighty seven thousand UEC, right? Yep. So, the the rate at which CIG has been selling, and they took the cap off of this, selling UEC is one thousand UEC is ten dollars, right? Do I, do I have that right, or is it is it a thousand UEC per dollar? It's a thousand UEC. I, I, it's, it's a thousand, thousand per, UEC per dollar. Per dollar, thousand per dollar. My, my, my apologize, thousand per dollar. So Jeff, you have one hundred eighty-seven dollars worth of UEC right now, right? Yeah, probably. Okay, so the the mission basically rewarded you four bucks. Yep. Okay, then that was about an hour's worth of of, of work. Right. Okay. Just to take our lingua franca, our our common Rosetta Stone here, Star Trek Online. To earn enough dilithium to buy one zen, which is about a penny, can take 30 minutes. 
So the, di the difference in scale here is that Star Citizen says you can buy 10,000 UEC for 10 bucks. You can earn 4,000 UEC in an hour. And other online games, you can earn a penny in an hour. So there's already a, like a, a difference in, in uh, uh, orders of magnitude difference in what a currently running, pretty successful, uh, uh, relatively well-known IP can do and what they reward versus what they're just... I know it's a test. I get that. But the scale at which they're actually exchanging real-world dollars for right now is wrong. It's just... It, 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 it's not sustainable. Then they go and they show you some Who prices. Who says it's not sustainable? You mean that it's they're undervaluing it or overvaluing it? They are way overvaluing your player time. Says you. Way. I don't know, man. Says says a successful. I I, I could hey, be I wrong. Think, I think they to, way undervalue it in that. Star Trek Online. You're talking about an hour for a penny. No, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I, there's I think, that. You know what? That's a Chinese company, and that's like a Chinese uh, slave labor wage. Okay, well, <laughs> when they when they first put the when they first when they first put the model out there, it was actually Atari. So I guess it was a French. Oh, company, I'm talking about but, Perfect World. <laughs> I, I know, but but this was the scale that they had in there when they sold yeah. out. Well, so I mean, this was well. Do, this do was, the conversion on because so ships and UAC payments are very different in terms of the value per dollar. So, like for instance, in your calculation in in, in the document here, you have one hammer hammerhead is yeah. worth 21 million UEC, right? That ship right. was. What seven hundred dollars or something like that, right? Uh, ba yeah, basically, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so that's a very different calculation than I mean, that's that that is a multiple orders of magnitude in difference versus the twenty one thousand dollars that it would cost if you bought that in UEC, right? So, yeah. so it, it's it's different in terms of uh, of they, they they don't they're not giving you very much bang for buck when you buy straight UEC. I think that that's the intentional thing. Yeah, they want you to buy the buy the ship packages, and and remember that this is this is fun game funding. This isn't uh, real life. This isn't released PTU where the economy is going to be totally different, and uh, uh, this may not cost twenty one million uh, UEC. Um, this this may oh, sure. uh, you know this may only be eleven million UEC, and you be may, may be making uh, ten thousand or twenty thousand per mission. Or, you know, depending on what the economy is driving. So this pretty much blows up then the whole, if you have money, pay money. If you have time, pay time. Because the value of the time versus the value of the money, I, I, I who's going to buy a hammerhead? A hammerhead? They're not going to. $21,000? If it costs $21,000 to purchase enough UEC outright and because you really want the hammerhead, really, really want it, you can't have it. You can't have it you, unless you're going to get a home equity loan. Yeah, well, I don't think that that's really the the intention there. I, I don't. We I don't know what their intention is post launch. You know, I, I don't know what the it, value. It, it, if you worked the PTU right now and and ran every mission and and you earn the twenty one million dollars to buy the hammer, you couldn't buy it and keep it. It's not gonna. It's not gonna transition to the uh, live to the to the live universe. Again and again, that's fine. But they're going to have to do something about what they're selling actual money. They're they're, they're yeah, selling currency right now. That's for Jeff's money. point, though. That it's about supporting the game right now. It's not what it's going to be after launch. Everything costs more now because we're supporting the game. Is that what you mean, Jeff? Yes. Because I mean that makes sense to me. You know, the the, the issue is the issue is that I, even I, in their demo, this is a first pass. I get it. They're going to balance some things in their demo. 
if you do the calculation of UEC to dollars right now, it doesn't make sense with their prior statements of if you have money, you pay money. If you have time, you pay time. It doesn't that 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 does not work anymore as it, it stands right now. If they I, want to change the that, rate, and I don't think anybody's disagreeing with you that this will be this will be something that has to be rebalanced. That's good. Yeah. On, Tony. Right. Okay. And since that everyone agrees with me there, what happens to the people that have already paid out money to Thank buy? Thank you UEC? for supporting the game. They knew they were going to sh- deal when they bought it. They knew they were supporting yeah. the game, and it wasn't you know. Anybody that can do basic algebra knows they're getting a shit deal compared to buying the ship straight out because they tell you the, the approximate value of the ship on the description descriptions. So they, that, or you know, at least, you know, what it kind of translates to anyway, right? So this is not, it's always been way better deal to buy a ship. Now, why do you buy UEC at all? It's because you want, you want a head start in these like, well, now it used to be because of the Voyager Direct Store. Now it's because you want a head start in, in, in server refreshes. That's why you buy UEC because that's what that value you start at when a server refresh starts is your is your UEC purchase total. I'll be happy to be wrong that everything is going to go hunky dory and everything is just going to be just fine. I'll be happy to be wrong. I think this is a train wreck coming down the pike, but that's just me. One more train, one uh, more train to complain about in game. Right. So I'm I'm going to skip this last bit. We could talk about insurance all day long, and they did. Uh, that's so, going to be. But, a- but we're going to we're just we're because we're I'm looking at the time and we want to try to keep it reasonable so we're going to skip the insurance part but yeah so but uh but so uh henry had a few comments he wanted to go through so go to take it away there's a, a few bugs face over ip was disappointing that it was so buggy but i thought it was funny and i can understand how a bug like that would happen i get it um and then the, the ben was actually citing a lot of bugs that came out in the release that came out right after the con um, and he was he was talking about uh, not being able to load into the game without loading inside of somebody's wall like four times in a row, things like that. That was on the test server though, so those points are valid, but that's that is testing. So I, you know, I loaded I I loaded I logged in the first time, and the first thing I dropped was a was a hammerhead, and I couldn't. I, man, the interiors weren't even finished. I, I couldn't. I, I get on the elevator and I go through the. Uh, the hatch didn't even open. I went through the floor and, <laughs> you know, and, and I just said, oh, well, it looks like it's, you know, they got some issues to fix and went and got my cutlass. So, you know, it, 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 yeah. I, I, it, I know it's a test server. I, it, it's a, it's PTU. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's what it is. So on the face server IP, I, I, I haven't, I just downloaded it. So I haven't tried it, tried it here yet, but on for using the, the cameras, the con, it took, took us a couple tries with the technician to train it right so there are there are there is a um you do have to spend a little time configuring it to get it to actually behave correctly um i'm, I'm actually going to try it and maybe make some machinima with it which i think is the real power of face over ip being able to do real machinima and and and, and get to the point where we actually you know you would cinema characters saying things right and we do have semi character customization so you can get get quite a bit of variety between characters and the lip movements and everything. It's very exciting from a machinima point of view. Um, but it did take, um, it took us like five minutes of retrying it to get to the point where I could recognize that I have a beard, you know, and, and get my lip movements through that. And now you, if you wanted to get really good results, you, you had to talk in kind of a specific way and things like that. So if that's what you're going for, if you want to look at the best, um, you do have to train the computer and train yourself a bit. Oh, and on on the, the testing, the reclaimer was the same way when it first popped up. I had all sorts of problems with like the elevator crushing me and throwing me to the floor and all sorts of stuff. And they got fixed after several dot patches of the PTU, by the way. 
uh, they talked about our habitat and they even showed us this this skanky little dirty little uh, room that we were gonna you know be in <laughs> Uh, but what's the deal? I thought at the beginning that our hangars were going to be our homes, and that's why we were buying those packages. And and if so, how are they going to incorporate those into the game? They, you know, uh, remember the big deal when they brought out the the asteroid hangar? How we would we could load into our uh, you know we could start from an asteroid and stuff. I remember Jeff needed a couch. So the the Habs right now. Are, are themed based on the environment in which they are in right, for right now. So, for instance, if you go to Levski, you're in these these habs that are, they're not pirate habs, right? But they're like, you know, the dissonant habs. They're not great. They're, but if, and if you go to Hurston, Hurston is a, like a, for lack of a better word, you know, like a slave wage kind of worker economy, right? None of these are like fancy places. Um, whenever we get to Art Corp, which is what you were thinking of in like the city, that, that big city, that's a much more affluent area. It'll probably have nice rooms. Uh, they haven't always said how hangers are going to work. And I, I don't expect hangers, our personal hangers and hangar instances to be fully integrated in for a good while. I think that's pretty low on the priority list when you're trying to get everything else working. But they still do plan on incorporating that into the PT. Yeah, there's some weird languages in, on what they've stated. You know, basically, you know, every place has a hangar. And it's whenever we start the game officially, we're going to get to choose where our home hangar is. You know, where all of our ships start out storing and stuff like that. And based on where that you're and based on the kind of hangar you have will depend on where you can choose, you know. So, for instance, if you have... Uh, the, I have four hangers. The, well, yeah, I don't know how they haven't said how multiple hangers are going to work. Maybe you get to choose multiple. Who knows? But if you have a business hanger, right, you can pick one on Orc Corp, right? But if you have the fancy hanger, you know, whatever with the next one of, maybe maybe there's not a fancy uh, hanger. Re, 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 Rebel in Rebel York. New York. Maybe if you have a Rebel in Orc, maybe that's not value available on Orc Corp. Maybe you have to go to Microtech, you know, things like that. So that I think that's the general idea of you're going to be able to pick locations based on the hangers that you have. Uh, what happened to the procedural cities we were shown last year? That's Art Corp. That that okay. same technology is on Hurston. That's where this started. This is where it started from. Art Corp comes in January. And the one thing I missed on this, and I don't know if there was a was a panel on this, and I didn't see it in the schedule, but but I, I would like to have seen something about uh, corporation functions. I mean, will we be able to run our corps as actual corporations? I mean, will we have assets and personnel and taxes and yeah well, and that, all- that's a tony's east dog question and i didn't i didn't hear his talk he's talked a bit about that like you can have manufacturing and stuff like that but exactly and and then they have talked about having npcs that you control run missions for you in a certain degree like if you have a factory and you are manufacturing missiles you can hire an npc in theory to uh ship those missiles for you you know, that, that NPC works for you, you get to pay him, things like that. You get to buy his ship, pay his insurance, crap like that. Like in the X um, Games. And, 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 and he'll be way slower than a person, right? But you can pay people to do that. It, that's all theory crafting. That's stuff Tony Z has said in the past. What they end up with, I think, is is still honestly, you know, years away. I, I'm not so worried so much worried about that. I've got hundred and forty four members in our in our corporation right now and I'm kinda I'm kinda worried that they're either either we're not going to be uh, you know uh cohesive you're talking or- about orcs right not not corporate okay so from an org point of view that was the next point on on chris's next road ahead roadmap right it wasn't it like the next thing he goes we have to figure out before 
you know, we they had, he listed four bullet points. It was like it was like or it was like first it was OCS, right? There was, uh, it was orgs. <clears throat> then it was uh, I can't remember what it was, something else, and then it was server meshing. Persistent. It was full persistence, full pers- and then server meshing. Full persistence and server meshing. Sure. And yeah, so, but, but, so but or- orgs is the next step, right? So that 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 is where. Oh, those so now we're called we're now we're called orgs and not corporations anymore. Whatever. Right? I think we were always called orgs. potatoes, potatoes. Yeah, and 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 just just to put in perspective, server meshing is not on the current roadmap. The one was released as of September twenty first. Uh, full persistence is. Q2 2019. So June 2019 is when they're supposed to have physical persistence. Yeah, the the server me, the server meshing was Q3 or Q4, and then they they've taken it off. Whether it's pushed or whether it's still being researched before they put it back on as TBD. So we are, and we could devote a whole another show to this. But to me, what I heard from Chris's announcement was that that's release. As soon as they get server meshing done, they're going to call it release. So whatever gameplay loops and whatever things that they have done and ready, that's what it is. Which means they're just listening to the show because last week we said, hey, that's what everybody's doing these days. They're just kind of pushing it out there and working the bugs as they went. And I really think that if they'd done that four years ago, we wouldn't be having quite this discussion right now. That we'd be having a game and they would just be changing the game as it went. Very frustrating. And that, I think, was where Ben was coming from. The, the very core of what it was. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna go around the table once, just uh, like last words, uh, final final thoughts. Kinchetta, what do you think? Uh, I love the con. I guess one other point that I, I bring up that I want to bring up that we didn't really talk about was the progress of Squadron Forty Two, and uh, I, I had hoped that they would give us some sort of affirmative date saying, "Hey, it's going to be released next year" or something like that. They didn't do that. They burn burn in the past. Um, I will say that. Rumblings from people that should know better um, were that <laughs> it, it, it is it is that that they are extremely gunning for that, and that uh, without again without naming names or exact dates, um, but sometime in the December December time frame, there's already started planning for a release party. So December 2019. Yes, but you know, still more than a year away. What that means. You know, whether that happens, whether that's something of wishful thinking on someone's part. We always add 60 to 90 days bare minimum. Yes. So, so my, 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 uh, previous, <laughs> my previous, uh, forecasting of 20 or 2020, I think is probably still valid. It could be solid. It could be yeah. solid. Yeah. All right, Jeff, final words. I, I was really, over, well, I wasn't overwhelmed. I was really pleased to see the progress that they made. Um, I, it was more than I expected. Um, I can tell you that I will be, I will be spending my assets on building a new rig with a thread ripper, and, and not on ships, because <laughs> <laughs> it's crushing it. That AMD brought to you by Intel. <laughs> uh, I, well, it was always in, it was always in my in my computer upgrade uh, timeline, but uh, I, I just because it was mentioned. Um, I just thought I, I would bring that out and bring it forward. So, because I, I, cur- I currently run a AMD Black Edition uh, eight core, so Threadripper was on AMD. My, yeah, brought to you by AMD. <laughs> and I, and I have an AMD graphics card too. So brought to you by AMD. Brought to you by AMD. I was really encouraged by what I saw. I liked the presentation. I like the whole thing. I think Ben's uh, experience after the fact kind of reminded me where I was on Star Citizen before the uh, CitizenCon. 
but watching all the video and watching all the coverage after has really made me feel positive about the whole thing again. I feel like some of the stuff I saw makes me feel like they're really working hard and some of it's worth waiting for. I feel more positive than I did going into it, and I know I probably sound more positive. Because usually I'm not the Star Citizen guy, but man, the Squadron 42 video blew me away. And I don't even, I'm not even like a big shooter fan, you know what I mean? A lot of that's going to be a conflict combat game. That looked amazing. It really did. And, and even though even though it's CGI, young Jillian Anderson, I mean, hey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, they I, just know their audience. They I, just, as they I, just know as, who their audience as is. As my old, old um, signature used to say, I have uh, my kryptonite is single malt and redheads, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> All right. Well, uh Final thoughts for me. Uh, I want to thank Ben for for putting the effort uh, out to doing to to put that analysis out there and, and for for uh, bringing all these points out. It's a good discussion. Like we always say on the show, or I always say anyway, and people can agree or disagree. I think the value in this show is that we disagree, but we are respectful about it, and we're still friends afterward. And I think that's very important. And no matter what we all think, and I can I think I can say this for everybody on the show, even those of us that yell at CIG a little bit think of us as drill instructors they just want to make sure you get over the line and they're going to make you feel pretty small and stupid while you're doing it but we just don't want you to quit and if you do quit well that's on you but I don't think I don't think they're going to quit they're going to they need to they need to drag it over the finish line and that's where that's where where I'm coming from and I think Ben's coming from that too there's some frustration but we want to we want to see it be done and that's where the frustration comes from. It was a great demo for a game that I didn't back. The first-person shooter stuff and the planet stuff. But it was a good demo. So they, they hit the hit the nail on the head on that one. And it was a great trailer for a game that's at least three years overdue. So that frustration comes out. But it, it's frustration because we want it. And we're hopeful, at least I am, that it, that it comes through. Your opinions and, and may vary about the success of that. But we want it to succeed. And so every bit of criticism we take, please take it in that, uh, criticism we put out, please take it in that spirit. We want the game. And now that we're all caught up on Space Sim News, let's go straight to feedback because we're just about out of time. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendlies! So let's just be friendly! Some say he's new to the sport, but that it takes a lot of balls to play golf the way he does. And all he knows he's called the Shiv and he'll put together this week's feedback. A recap of last week's community question. For everyone but Clown Bobo, what was the highlight of CitizenCon? And Ken from Chicago writes in and says, His favorite part of sitcom was Ken Shadow. But in second place, bonus, Tony finally got to see all the details on volumetric lighting that held him back from hashtag around the verse for hashtag CitizenCon. I can't wait to hear how much he loved it and learn from it didn't watch it don't care thanks for the think thanks for the shout out there ken yeah <laughs> h allen writes in and says the highlight of citizen con was the in-game mission for the experimental blade and having the valkyrie show up to provide cas then the rest of the playthrough seeing the cyclone drive out of the dropship while fighting and surviving the fall gave me mixed emotions second was the updated squadron 42 trailer I'm glad they didn't put a release date on it this time. It was a good show, and I'm glad I didn't buy a ticket for it. I, <laughs> I await Ken Shadow's review. Well, you got it. 
Can you imagine how good that trailer could have been if they'd have been able to charge you 10 bucks to watch it? It would have just been better <laughs> having paid for it. That's right. This, this is why 10 bucks. <laughs> Amontillado writes in, lots of fun. Talked with Ken Shadow a little. So was did the fun happen and then you talked to Ken Shadow a little? Is that what is that? That's, that's we what I'm we, getting. we I'm getting... didn't talk very much. Oh, I okay. think we just had a brief conversation. Right. But, I, but I, I, I had a, I had pretty much had a brief conversation with everybody because there were so many people. I I, I I'm a, the, the what I'm taking away is he had fun until he talked to Ken Shadow. That was but, <laughs> but I could be sure. I could it's very be likely. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure it was a Debbie Downer. <laughs> In general feedback, uh, El Wook writes in and says. I feel for Jeff. The Star Citizen love is weak with this crowd. I expect a fair shake for CinecCon, the next show, guys. P.S. Not surprised Tony is anti-Tesla. I mean, Elon shouldn't use Twitter, but dot, dot, dot. Just stop there with the butt. Elon shouldn't use Twitter. That That's that's yeah, it. That's, that's, that's just it. stop. That, I, there's I no agree, butt there. I, that's just, yeah. no. It's, this is, when you talk about own goals, I mean, dude, you just triggered an sec violation by tweeting don't do that that's a no-no yeah but and and i hope and like i said we just had an hour and a half discussion about it you know we we gave it a fair shake i think you know i and there you 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 evaluate that and write us in and tell us you think uh, how you think we did oh and, and of course no show would be complete without <clears throat> uh, from whoever tony is pretending to be this week lebot from Bobo Co. Morningstar Picayune hashtag <laughs> clarification bot to Tony quotation marks care of guard frequency response sir <laughs> apologies for the confusion caused by our field correspondent's failure to adhere to accepted policy convention in revision 2946.10.09b of the Bobo Co. Morningstar Picayune grammar and style guide section 6.32 pages 189 to 90 it is clearly stated the use of camel case for all hashtags is mandatory not optional please accept the following corrections with annotations which is an explanation which always makes things fun here hashtag rgo wishlisted until multiplayer in which rgo should have been expanded to rebel galaxy outlaw clever in law joke notwithstanding hashtag all that is pangloss is not gold in which an expectation that anyone other than the dullest 8th grade boy should have been required to read Voltaire's Candide is simply oh unacceptable. <laughs> Hashtag Tony is right, in which, never mind, that one's perfect as it is. <laughs> Heartfelt regrets, <laughs> le bot. Uh, he puts in a little asterisk there. Uh, Dr. Pangloss was the pedantic older tutor in Voltaire's satirical novel, a satirical novel, Candide. Pangloss was an incurable, albeit misguided optimist who claimed that all is for the best in this best of all possible worlds. So persistent was he in his optimism that he kept it even after witnessing and experiencing great cruelty and suffering. Had Pangloss survived in the 30th century, he most certainly would have been a satisfied star citizen backer. That There, there, there you go. The only thing I remember from Candide, and I did read it in ninth grade. I think I read yeah, it in ninth grade. Yeah. And uh, the only thing I remember is the, the the part about him lamenting about being castrated. He, there was a little bit of Italian in there about being a, a castrati. And that's that's about, that's that's the part that stuck with me as a ninth grader that went, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Better do your Ooh. homework, man. That's what they used to do to people. No, ouch. No. That would stick with me as well. Yeah. Um, Sean Newboy writes in and says, wonderful show. You just could not resist the temptation to shoot something, could you? As for Chen, she may be an idiot, but obviously she can cook. Uh, Mark's calendar with Tony was wrong. 
and <laughs> Jeff needs to use that Facebook voice more often. Feedback, feedback, feedback voice. Oh, I'm sorry, Jeff uses Facebook. <laughs> I want to know what's, what's your Facebook, Facebook voice. What's your Facebook voice sound like, Jeff? <laughs> Jeff needs to use that feedback voice more often. Uh, Jeff, Jeff, you should read some more feedback with your Facebook voice. I think that's the. I think that's what you should do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Rent a spoon writes, "Open PTU for all." Oh no! Wait, never mind. I thought that subbing wasn't supposed to get special perks, or PTU was meant for bug smashing. Guess I'll now pay $10 a month for early access, or $1,000 on a ship. I mean, did have an alpha pass, but they got rid of that. Then there was all that bug smashing I did to get to wave 1 PTU. I enjoyed it all, but I'm getting sick of CIG singling out special types of citizens when they said all of us were meant to be treated like equals. Evocati, I can excuse, but I'm not bug smashing anymore. If you guys want me, I'll be an elite mining sodium chloride. So <laughs> I, I, I hate to put a damper on this, but PT, like, literally within the last couple of hours, did go for all. Just get open for all. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, but when he wrote it, it, it wasn't like uh, yeah, And that's absolutely. all it took. You know, you write us a letter, you get results, buddy. That's, that's <laughs> all people, it took. People, no problem. People clearly listen. Clearly. That, that's how that is. Hey, I'm sending in my crash reports and my and my observations. So <laughs> Good know, stuff, yeah. We they need ben them, pointed- too. As Ben pointed out, the bugs are, 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 are bad enough where it may not be fun to be in PTU at all. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's not like, you know, maybe they get to see the features earlier, but they're not necessarily having fun. How many messages did you come home to today, Jeff? You said it was like 200 yeah, messages. Uh, 320. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I left and I was, I was, uh, looked at the morning and when I left and came back with 323 me- messages, new messages. It was just, and then when I when I started reading it, and then I started skimming it because what I was reading was was Ben and Brian just going back and forth, and it was like, oh my god, to, please! Fifty percent say- of it was Ben going, "This doesn't work. It's broken." Ah, and the other fifty percent was Ken Shadow going, "Test, test, test." <laughs> <laughs> to say to say that there are differences of opinion and strong, <laughs> strong, passionate arguments in our Google chat sometimes it might be underselling it a little. So. I, just felt, I just I just felt bad for them both. I wanted to I just wanted to hug them both and say it's okay, you know. And and, and, and we and hugs were exchanged and all is well. But again, like I said, I, I, I don't want to oversell this point, but it's true. We get we work it out. It's okay. I, yeah, it, it's okay. It is it's okay. okay. It's okay. So all right. So and and everyone should everyone should just do that. You should yell at each other and hug it out and it'll be all right. Uh, Alec Turner writes in and says, you don't have to read this out, but we're gonna. I just wanted to say that your summation to, of our visit to Frontier a few weeks ago and the reasons for arranging it uh, seemed 100% spot on to me. Well said. Thanks for the show. Always a pleasure to listen to. And now finally, just as a, just as a, as a final note, we did receive a bit of uh, uh, under the table, under the table response uh, feedback to Jeff's voice earlier uh, that we, 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 we talked about his Facebook voice, his feedback voice. So so uh, apparently, uh, Jeff, our shtick, our GPR shtick, is not original. We're not. This is not. A, we're, we're we're we are a hack. We are what? a we are a, a a pale imitation of something that uh, Mr. Wotherspoon has been doing for a long time. Uh, he's been doing his own Galnet uh, 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 reformulation. His take on it though is a little more FM shock jock morning zoo crew. Uh, punch up of the well, then, uh, we're Galnet not a pale stuff. imitation. That wouldn't well, make it, us it, hacks either. It's more refined. It, 
Yeah. You know, there's uh, room for AM and FM here. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah FM. That's what that means. FM. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it's like where you're in your various parts of the country, but uh, we're still on FM as GPR, but we're on the like we're, we're on the little numbers. We're on the 88s and the 89s and the 90s. The 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 shock jocks are in the hundreds, right? So yep. like you know, yep. just like right. really take, yeah. That's, so we're, we're still we're still FM. But we're like little tiny FM, and and, and Mr. Wotherspoon's up at the we're, top. We're, end the, of the, we're the we're the college trans, uh, we're the college radio station. Yeah, for, the college for, campus for, radio for, station. For, yeah, for yes. communication for a community yeah. college. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, for you, yeah. For your communication, sir. I wish thoughts. It's KMUW eighty nine point one. Thank you for listening to WSU Radio. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You uh, know what's but, funny uh, is actually we're just a couple of guys sitting in their basements. So yeah. That's even worse. <laughs> that's what we really that's are. Not, that's yeah. even worse. Who are we so, fooling? So, so shout out to so shout out to to Mr. Wotherspoon, Peter Wotherspoon, who who listens to our show. And has never said a word about how we totally ripped him off on this whole idea. I mean, we we, we changed it, but he was he was there first. Well, so, Tony, uh, you came up with this. Did you rip him off? No, I had no idea. I had no idea. I so, didn't again, either. Like, I, so it's first I first salute I heard to of him. It. Salute to him for not raking us over the coals for stealing his shtick. You know, I'll bet you Lennon stole it. It's probably the British guy. Uh, maybe. It's it's always always the you can't defend it. And all British guys are villains. Like, I mean, come uh, on. Yeah, well, they're the best <laughs> villains. But just a shout out to Mr. Rotherspoon. And uh, if you guys are interested, it's uh, feeds.feedburner.com forward slash Galnet News. So if, 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 go check it out. Go check it out. It's, it's, I, it's, I'm it's gonna, a different I'm going to check it out just because I want to know what my competition is. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. So we have a new patron. I'm I'm really pleased to announce Celebrate. As our new Patreon, I guess that would make them our random winner. But usually, yes, that's very yes. Random. Okay, so uh, Celebrate, you've been our random winner this week. But Tony has something to say. Just a reminder: we've updated our patron uh, system, so just get into the buck twenty-five a show, and after six months, you'll get a shirt. If you want shirts faster, pledge more. There you go. And this week's community question: immersion versus fun. Where are you on the spectrum? How Otherwise, cool was, how cool was Ken Shadow's cosplay? <laughs> yeah, that too. We really want to know. Oh, oh, oh no! <laughs> There's only one you, right you answer. It was badass. Oh, I know. I mean, what? You didn't get enough. Uh, yeah, pats he's on the fishing back. Never enough. Never enough. <laughs> and no otherwise, and otherwise, how was the show? Are we crushing the Threadripper benchmarks, or are we just doing okay on this whole computer thing? Drop us an email, a tweet, or a comment on our show post, which you can find on our website and over on our Facebook page. And that brings us to the end of episode 233 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 234 on October 23rd, 2018. So be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. we like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency <laughs> and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, our artist, Ben Sanders, our elite contributor, Baxter, and of course our audio engineers, Mikey Lennon and Bill Hardy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Mace. <laughs> and a special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. We especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Squawk 7700.